we think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Karen lost big time yesterday in New Hampshire as she was attempting to challenge the uh, state reps who had voted in favor of letting the people of New Hampshire vote for independence. She went after all 14, uh, technically it was 13 that voted for it, but 14. There was a, There was a 14th guy that sponsored the bill but then voted against it. Weird, was that Terosian? Yeah, yeah, some guy named Peter Terosian. Uh, so he doesn't deserve much mention except for you know giving him the uh, the turncoat award or the Benedict Arnold treatment or whatever. That's why I never both knew sides are probably saying that about him. Yeah, what's that, Bunny? That's why I never knew his name. Is whenever people were talking about Peter Terosian was also in this, I was like, mm. he was one of the thirteen. I didn't remember that, but he was uh, the, one of the seven founders of the bill or the sponsors of the bill, but did not vote for it. I think he actually voted against it. it wasn't yeah. that he didn't show up that day? He voted against it after you spoke for secession at that resolve initiative thing mm-hmm. a few like a month ago. He came up later and he was like, "Yeah, I." Get the secession thing, but I don't think it's the right way to do things. Oh, did all, he? all unprompted, you know, like nobody mm-hmm. asked that. It's like he wanted to get out in front of, I'm not the secession guy. Even though the whole room cra- uh, cheered, so he was kind of in a weird place. He's like, I get the, I see what where, you, where everyone's coming from, but I don't think it's the right way to go. It's something really milk toast like that. Yeah. I wanted to give credit to the BBC for actually doing a fair reporting and well, base reporting about the student loan issue. So the student loan thought, issue is that Biden has announced they're going to be crediting people $10,000 on federally issued student loans. Is is that my understanding on that correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um $10,000. So I got contacted by a journalist in the BBC. I think on Wednesday night hmm. asking for my thoughts on the matter. How did they find you? And so what happened was I left comments about Joe Jorgensen's campaign in 2020, wow. and they they kept me in their, their database of U.S. voters. Meaning you left comments on the BBC's website? About Joe Jorgensen's presidential hmm. campaign. Okay. Yeah. So um, he asked me my thoughts, and my situation, you can look at the story. It's on the front page of the BBC website right now. Um, I I got a second job in, you know, I was about $22,000 in debt, and I got a second job to work hard to pay it off. And um, anyway, I got the BBC to report on on their front page earlier today, and I have a screenshot of it, actually said, it's immoral for taxpayers to be forced to pay, which was part of my quote. Wow. Um, They... They took part of what I said and took it out of context, but I still was able to spread the message of liberty. And they ended the article with what I had to say. It was it was pretty amazing. That's pretty Sweet. impressive. Nice job, dude. <laughs> Way to go. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So um, the only thing they didn't include was that um, I mentioned that the government are the ones who created this student loan bubble in the first place. They didn't cover that, but they they covered my quote, and here's what I said. I said, just like it's immoral for taxpayers to be forced to pay for corporations' bad financial decision-making, it's immoral for taxpayers to be forced to pay for individuals' bad financial plans. They covered my quote, and um, I want to give them credit for, uh, for 
putting the truth out there. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really impressive that they went with a with a whole quote. I saw something on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago that's pretty time sensitive, and I should bring it up first. Okay. And I thought it would mention. But I guess it's a, it's a quote. It's a message. It says, "Quote um, uh, the greatest place on earth," and ah, uh, no, uh, so I just say, okay, quote. Contact at made underscore CJ for an opportunity to be paid $20 an hour to help door knock for candidates in pivotal races, unquote. So the liberty activists, I guess, are hiring. Uh, Americans for and, prosperity. And you can. OK, somebody's hiring, apparently, and you, you can apparently get paid. If this is correct, you can get paid paid to, to, uh, to campaign. Yeah, that beats that working common. at Dunkin' Donuts for 15 bucks an hour. I mean, it is. Yeah, I think they're doing 15 bucks an hour, right? He said 20. Oh, 20. And yeah. you get to go out and look at things, just have to talk to people. A lot of times people be like, I don't want to talk. And you're like, okay, I'm going to carry on my stroll down the street. Right, you get paid to walk and get day. a little exercise and meet the good people of New Hampshire. It's You've done this, Bonnie. Yeah, you didn't but work not for, for them. Yeah, you didn't work for AFP. You worked for Young Americans for Liberty, who are also here yep. uh, in New Hampshire right now. But they're they pay doing less. door knocking. Yeah, they're only doing, what, like 15? <laughs> yeah. But they pay less. So, yeah, yeah why not go with, uh, with AFP if no, you make not. 20 bucks an hour? That's and I think sweet. Americans for Prosperity is more principled, right? I don't They're know. They're more libertarian, I think. I, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I think Young Americans for Liberty tends to be a little more Republican. It's like mm. conservatarian. Yeah. It's like they do that sure. thing where it's better for this person to win than the other person. Let's, I think AFP you know, is also kind of conservative-leaning. I don't know. One guy the in there loves, uh, you know, works towards getting, like, psychedelics legalized. That's, you know, not too conservative. Okay. All right. That's good. Good and that's know. the guy who's tagged CJ made made Christopher Maidment. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Maidment, of course. Yeah. yeah, they're also doing a cool cool stuff. The uh, AFP Americans for Prosperity. They've got this campaign called the True Cost of Washington, where they go and they partner up with a gas station, and they subsidize using donations, I guess, from their supporters. They subsidize the price of a gallon of gas at the gas station, and they'll drop the price to like $2.38 a gallon, which apparently was the amount that it was when Biden took office. Hmm. And they'll do it for, you know, four hours or some limited amount of time and literally have a line of for a cars. mile. Yeah, around a block or whatever. Uh, people, you know, when they, when the word gets out, it gets out fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like word spreads like, oh, my God, you can get a, you you can fill up your tank for two dollars and thirty eight cents. People go crazy. There's a huge range of Republican, quote unquote, viewpoints in New Hampshire. And uh, a great example of this right now is has to be the race between Lily Tang Williams, who is a libertarian migrant from China. A and, victim of communism. Yeah, yeah, the real deal. And she's like got a national profile. She's been on Tucker, Tucker Carlson. She's mm-hmm. been interviewed all over the place. And she's fantastic. Media. She's, she's a great, uh, great speaker. And she's got a very interesting story, personal story. We put a sign up for her today. We did. And she is uh, she's great. And she's a Free State Project mover. She's up against the mayor of Keene, New Hampshire, who's a total like... Flip-flopper. Well, flip-flopper is a good way to put it, but he's a total (laughs) politician. And I got to show this to you, Matt. There's a – you should get up and grab the flyer for this guy. It's it's right there on the stairs on on your stack of mail. He sent you mail today. This guy – who is you? You, you, you talk, called him a flip flopper, Bonnie. Oh, is this the Hansel guy? This is this is the mayor of Keene, which is where we do this show. It's the city in the southwest corner of New Hampshire. But he wants to be a U.S. representative, and he is running against Lily Lily Tang Williams, who's an actual libertarian running as a Republican. This guy is pit, pitching himself as a law and order conservative. This is the most generic sounding political pitch flyer his girlfriend is literally like a head of some democratic organization here she's a democrat yes. and he showed up at the black lives matter uh thing here a couple of years yeah, ago so he's, he's uh he's playing all sides yeah. he's trying to say he's conservative protecting us. george hansel fought to stop Keene from becoming sanctuary city <laughs> hansel beefed up the police budget as mayor and he stood by our cops to make to keep drugs off our streets god it's just it's despicable. It says he fought against the Mexican cartels, like turning oh, sure he did. N- right. a <laughs> New Hampshire City. New Hampshire. Yeah, was going to keep cartel out. Oh my god! The it's only crazy. Mexicans in Keene is like a handful of them that yeah, they, work they'll at work the at Mexican and they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I, w- I would love to have more of them in New, sure. in New Hampshire. It's just funny but... that he made it seem like he's like fighting off the cartels. He's out there <laughs> getting, tr- you know, s- hitting them off with a stick. And there's so many cartel and members he, trying he, to get he looks like kind of He looks like a chode. He, yeah, he's so milk toast. Well, as was pointed out, there are no provisions in the Constitution to leave. And that means that it's up to the states to decide when and how they want to leave because the Constitution's 10th Amendment, the U.S. Constitution's 10th Amendment says anything that's not specifically mentioned in the Constitution is the states' rights. Yeah, it's the states that handle that. I could mention mention something in the Constitution that that undermines each of her constitutional arguments if Mm -hmm. I wanted to. But again... Even if she were making a great constitutional argument against it, the fact remains that the federal government's not following its constitution. Why do we have to? That's a great point. Yeah, that's, that is good. Uh, the other thing I thought that was an interesting takeaway from this was even though it wasn't their jurisdiction, they still did ask the attorney general. Uh, they have like on this commission, they have somebody from the attorney general's office. So one of the assistant attorney generals sitting on the commission and so counsel yeah they basically they go to him and they say well what do you think about this and so that's what they did in this case they wanted to get his uh you know input and he said he did some research he looked at the case law or whatever and he said it's pretty clear that insurrection and rebellion which are what are cited in the 14th amendment as things that would disqualify you from running for office in the united states that insurrection and rebellion involve the use of violence and it's pretty clear that a ballot measure is the, not an act is, of violence. It's not overt violence in any and way, he, shape, or form. He pointed out the ba- the ballot measure used the word peaceably in it. Oh, did the AG mention that too? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, and again, all this will be on video once we get the full footage out, and that'll be within the next couple of days. But that was good because she was actually trying to make the argument, well, insurrection doesn't have to mean violence. And then further, she made the argument that... Even speaking words against the government is giving, quote-unquote, aid or comfort to the enemies of the United States. So that was one of her most out-there kind of arguments. And one of the state reps kind of batted that back at her at one point, basically saying, uh, "Are you who's the enemy here? Not the state reps, the board. Or, well, I think I think some of them are state reps on oh. that on that commission. It's like, well, who's the enemy? Who are you talking about? I mean, it's pretty clear who she thinks the enemy is. Mm-hmm. It's anyone who supports. Well, secession. tell them who she said was the enemy. I don't remember. She and- said ShireSociety.com <laughs> and NHExit.us. She went through a laundry list of our websites. Did she? Yes. I don't remember what it was she said, but there was something in an article that came out later where somebody, some reporter that was there interviewed her, and there was something that she said where she used the word we, or we think, or something like that, mm. made it obvious that she was an operative, and I said that to you, and I was like, she's obviously working for someone who wanted to use someone else as the face of this. Mm. Which you know, weird. I think now would be a great time for free staters, for especially new movers, it's a great thing that new movers could do, because they, they don't have facial recognition on them, and you know dossiers on them is come to new hampshire get into the local democrat party yeah absolutely now is the time because they're all the the other all they're gonna see is a bunch of new faces and they're gonna say wow look at this influx of support our outreach worked (laughs) our outreach worked (laughs) because normally in order to get even to walk into a a democrat meeting in new hampshire you are going to get your picture taken yeah. probably and they're going to want to know gonna who inter- you are they're going to look into you they yeah. they're very paranoid yeah so it would, be, it would be best if if you're going to do this if you're going to run with matt's idea which i've always thought it's a good idea uh is that you have a clear google search yes search history don't exist so just change your name that's an option yeah maybe um, somebody can come here and change their name be a Democrat. And don't and- change it to Freeman anything <laughs> or nobody. What's a good Democrat last name? Uh, I don't David know. David Muse. Cucksworth. <laughs> Karen. 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 <laughs> all right, Ridley. What else, man? Anything, uh, any other comments? Oh, just go to RidleyReport.com and you can see all my ambush interviews of the pro-DC people. Oh, yeah. Right he, he did a good ambush interview kind of of Karen where he said... Why are you allying yourself with the federal government that runs torture camps? And she just goes and rolls her eyes. <laughs> and the, the, the true answer to that is she has no idea. She's just a Karen. She is <laughs> insipid and running on an operating system that is skin hmm. deep at best. 
I started early on, uh, probably earlier than most uh, in crypto. I bought my first Bitcoin at thirteen dollars. Wow! On Mount Gox. Nice. Yeah. On Mount Gox. I hope you didn't keep it there. So, <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've been in the crypto space for a really long time, and mm-hmm. at that time it was all about you know using Bitcoin to get out from uh, middlemen banks, right? And yeah. Over time, the space has become totally co-opted with, I want to get a Lambo, you know, um, these altcoins and coming in and doing these sort of like New World Order projects where it's tracking and surveillance and identity uh, monitoring, all this kind of stuff. No one is talking at all. Um, you go in some of these chat rooms and Telegram, no one is talking about using, using crypto really as money. You, you have a really tiny percentage of people talking about using, you know, uh, maybe Monero, these types of coins, but it's so fringe that at the end of the day, it's, it's not really going to affect very much change. And so mm. I've completely kind of changed my opinion really? on the crypto space. Yeah, yeah. My, my feeling is that if you trace this back to MIT, there's actually, are, this is nothing, you know, that, that can't be researched by anyone. If you go to MIT labs, and you look at the fact that Jeffrey Epstein was donating or giving money to uh, MIT labs and also inviting uh, Brock Pierce down to his island when he was having his mind shift. Brock Pierce, by the way, is one of the founders of Tether, which is the world's most popular so-called stablecoin. Uh, and stable coins for listeners that don't know is uh they're crypto tokens that are supposedly backed by a thing in this case the usdt is uh, tether and it supposedly is backed by the us dollar although there's many people that question uh the veracity of uh, that claim and there hasn't been much evidence from what i understand uh posted by tether to prove those claims brock actually uh used to be an actor like a child actor in the mighty ducks he's kind of known for that oh then and, we should definitely trust him when it comes to cryptocurrency and, things. Uh, Hollywood. And, and we've had him on the show in the past and he was one of the slipperiest people we've ever talked to he was running for president <laughs> at the time mark wanted us to talk to him normally we don't talk to politicians here but since he was a crypto guy and we'd had him on previously just from like one of the crypto conventions and he just he he wouldn't answer a straight question about whether or not you know he supported uh, ross ulbricht being out of, out of prison is it too far of a stretch to put two and two together to say that well epstein reached out to someone in the network and said okay you are being tapped as the face man to branch out and build out the blockchain ecosystem. Uh, uh, Brock started... uh, You mean, wait, can I stop you there? Are you saying you mean instead of just having Bitcoin, you're going to be the face of altcoins? Is that what you mean by branching out? Well, yeah, building out the ecosystem in general, right? So using funds, now this guy is a billionaire, Right. Same way Epstein is a billionaire, even though no one knows how Epstein made his money. Right. He had one client and even guys on Wall Street were like, who is this guy? Where did his money come from? Right. So uh, it's pretty it's pretty well known that, you know, Epstein is kind of he was a creation. Somebody made him. Right. And he invited people to the island to blackmail them to then later control them. Mm-hmm. So who He's a spy. That kind of reason? Right, probably a, a state actor, an intelligence maybe. agency, sure. Correct, intelligence agency is right. Mm-hmm. So, is it is it a stretch to then expand that and say, well, you know, Brock was probably brought in. You know, there's a lot to say. He started blockchain capital with a couple of other partners, right? And so they're seeding all of these startups who then build up the infrastructure of something that the developers initially believe this is going to be beneficial for humanity, the same way the internet started. The internet started with completely, it's full of promises. It's going to be a level playing field, right? You're going to be able to start your own website, the free uh, flow of information, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward today, it's completely the opposite of that, right? Uh, a concentration of companies control the majority of the traffic on the internet. Uh, something like 95% of websites aren't even indexed by Google. When you do certain searches, they're only returning the results that they want you to see. Certainly, there are no cons- a lot of conspiracy topics. 
you have to go ten pages deep to even find them, right? Same Tony, I, I get where you're coming from here. I mean, it, it what you're saying makes sense as far as yeah, we've definitely seen that shift with the internet. It is not the freewheeling place. It does not feel like that, like it once was. It was at one time, uh, and now it is definitely more centralized, I think, than it's ever been. Most people spend their time exclusively on uh, centrally controlled social media sites, and they don't go anywhere else. A lot of the people who got into cryptocurrency early were the ideologues. They were the libertarians, mostly who saw the vision for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, because early on it was just Bitcoin. There was there was no concept of other cryptocurrencies. That, that came a few years later. Uh, but the idea was that this was going to be an alternative to the government money systems, to the big bankers, to cut out the middleman, to allow the individual to have the power of money in the, the individual's hands. And that, unfortunately, has shifted. And I think Tony's right about a lot of his analysis, like it's definitely true that as cryptocurrency has become more mainstream, well, it has gone in a more mainstream direction. And that is to say that the supermajority of people that seem to be getting involved these days aren't getting involved because they have some sort of ideology surrounding good forms of uh, of money or value transfer, that they just want to get a thing and see that number go up. So they can cash out at yeah, a high speculators. point, yeah, and and make some money on this thing. Well, he he said a lot of stuff in the last segment. Can I just say what I think about what he was saying? Yeah, sure. Well, he's, by the way, he's still with us here, Tony. Welcome back. Well, so just based on what he said in the last one, I just have a couple things to say. I just want to say just because that you know that guy who created Tether mm-hmm. could arguably be a really bad person. He's I just almost think certainly a really bad person. Yeah. I just think that it's important to remember that big, I mean, cryptocurrency is a tool that came out for humanity. There are all kinds of people, and this is what I thought Tony was going to be saying, that say, oh, Bitcoin must have been created by the CIA. And I'm not saying Tony said that, but when people say that, I just, and they say like, oh, look, um, the NSA came out with a white paper about something that seems like crypto before crypto came out. It seems to me that hackers were talking about it online. The technology was bound to come out. So... They had, you know, a plan. They, as in the government, had a plan to ignore it for as long as possible, not let it go mainstream as for as long as possible. And then when it had, they had to, they came out with things like Tether. They came out with all the bots online that say stupid things. But I don't think that it's just created by the government because why would the government be like, you know what we should do? We should come out with a technology that could possibly lead to Monero being created. And also just... Or the end of the U.S. dollar. Yeah, the end of the U.S. dollar. The end of government money, period. I think we have to establish just because the tech is neutral, right? It's a matter of who wields the tech, who controls the tech, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think it matters whether or not it initially started off as an NSA operation or whether they co-opted it early on. But the end result is that it is not what it originally started out to be. It's nowhere close to that. Well, I think, what do you mean? It? Are you talking about all cryptocurrencies? Well, well, well uh, I'm talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about decentralized money, the original use case of cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, Wouldn't not- you say Monero is? Like Monero, the kind of the world's premier privacy coin. There are obviously other privacy coins that it's are competing hush. for it. Uh, I mean, hush barely anywhere compared to some of the others. But, uh, but, but you know, wouldn't you say Monero has achieved that goal? It has given its users ostensibly privacy, and uh, presumably people are using that to buy and sell things. We just don't know because we can't see what's going on with it. Yeah. So, so it's so fringe, and it's used by such a small amount of people like the ideologues that, that you talk about. It's mm-hmm. only going to be those who are really obsessed with privacy. The average person doesn't care about their privacy. All well, give give that some time, them. Tony. <laughs> when people well, start to feel crushed under the weight of the police state, I think they're going to start cherishing uh, a lot of their liberties even more, especially their privacy. To me, it's just sort of one of those things, you just got to take it in stride and not let it get to you. It's the inevitability of something becoming mainstream is that the mainstream people come into it and they kind of ruin things to some extent but but the good news is in crypto it's an open marketplace as much as the government hates that fact 
anyone can still today start a, a cryptocurrency wallet. There are dozens. I don't even know. I, I, I can't legally use crypto under my bail conditions with the, the crypto duo. Uh, but, uh, but I'm sure that there are more wallets now than there were when I lost my ability to do crypto, probably, because they're constantly being... Uh, developed and and new ones are coming out so you you pick whichever wallet you want pick more than one experiment with them if you want to most of them are wallets that don't even ask you who you are there's there's they're permissionless as it were unlike a bank account where you have to sit down in front of somebody at a bank and hand over your id and fill out reams of paperwork and then they got to check over all your transactions and report to the government crypto wallets the good ones they don't even ask you a thing and if you, you use a wallet. crypto wallet that doesn't ask you a thing and bit refill and only use it on the website with only a, a email, you can do it, you know, basically anonymously. And It'll what is BitRefill? Oh, BitRefill is a website that lets you get gift cards for cryptocurrency to a whole bunch of different, I don't even know how many stores, but a lot of different stores and apparently credit cards. I've never had a credit card, so I haven't looked into that. Like a prepaid Kind of card? It says pay your credit card bills with BitRefill at the top of the page. Interesting. So, yeah, these are tools that people can use with, in many cases, zero permission. And that, of course, is one of the brilliant aspects of cryptocurrency. Yeah, crypto's not going anywhere. Um, You know, yes, they're going to try to attack it. Yes, there There will be vapid morons who just want to turn a buck, and it's always about making numbers go up. But we know better. And we know more importantly, it's about people's privacy and their ability to transact without having to send a 1099 to the kid that rakes their leaves. The thing against you is a political attack. It's a, you, in a yeah. due process violation. In a due process violation, left and right. I mean, you are you are a person who is hit by, some, by a group of people who are now being referred to mainstream as Biden's Gestapo. Yeah. So if those are the people that are coming after you, then chances are you shouldn't have been gone after in the first place. And that's what we've always known. Well, our friend Renee, who was one of the, the crypto Also six, should have nothing at all to do with those nasty people. She had her sentencing today mm-hmm. uh, because she did take a guilty plea, as most people do, understandably. I don't blame anybody for taking a plea. I don't think people should generally, but I don't blame anyone personally for doing it. I understand the desire to get out from underneath or the feeling that you're getting out from underneath the pressure, because it's a lot of pressure to know that these people are going to try to put you away for the rest of your life, in theory, and that they're going to bring more charges against you if you don't take the first plea deal that they uh, that they offer you. So it's a scary thing. I don't blame anybody for doing it. Uh, she did take a guilty plea to one count of quote-unquote wire fraud. And in court today, during the sentencing hearing, the prosecutors admitted to the judge that there were zero damages in this case, the victims, quote unquote, the banks lost zero. Correct. Yeah. And the judge kept rephrasing that. Oh, so, okay. So there was very little loss. Zero. Yeah, zero. Zero. Zero yeah. loss. So that's. So, so that just goes to show that the judge is even kind of in on it. Oh, yeah. The judge has, has started showing his true colors as anti Ian. I'm sure. He called Ian the head defendant in this case today. Well, that's a true statement. Uh, it's the case is. State of uh, United States versus Ian Freeman et al. And this is a good example. Uh, you know, I've talked to Renee and Andy recently, and this is a good example. And another reason to reiterate the number one rule when talking to police is, is don't. Don't. Yeah. I guess the group of people that's interested in crypto, it's expanded, and that's what we wanted. Right? You can't just have this thing stay small. It needs to get bigger. More people need to see the value in cryptocurrency. They need to get into it. Uh, but unfortunately, some people have only gotten into it because they see it as an investment. They don't understand that it's something that can change the face of finance, that it can potentially eliminate the need for central bank. Not that there's a need for them, but eliminate the belief in central banks, the uh, the desire that people have for central bank money because something better exists now whether that thing is bitcoin or one of its competitors or whether it hasn't even been ex- it you know hasn't even been created there's there could still be something you know we know there are thousands of cryptocurrencies on the planet right now 
maybe one of them is going to rise up to take down Bitcoin from the number one position. Maybe that'll happen in two years. Maybe it'll be 20 years down the road. Who knows what's going to, to happen in the future? Maybe whatever that thing is, is still in the mind of its creator and it hasn't even come out yet. Maybe it'll be Monero. Maybe, maybe it's, it's in nobody's else. mind. Our co-host nobody? Yeah, because he's always coming up with he's new He's always coins. got something that he's cooking up. Um, so the, uh, the thing I really wanted to focus on though, is that despite all of the, whatever frustrations you might have seen from big banks getting involved or investment firms throwing a bunch of money in and trying to control these different entities, the failure of decentralized finance in so many ways, they've proven recently that not, there's not a whole lot of decentralization, uh, going on with, with some of these organizations, Despite all the frustrations, the failures of different cryptos, like the Terra one that went from the top 10 down into the, I mean, near zero earlier this year. That was in May of this year, a huge failure of a quote-unquote algorithmic stable coin. There's so many failures, so many you know scams, and at the same time, there's still so many opportunities and so much money has been made. So much value has been created in this space from nothing. Value was created from pure code because prior to 2009, prior to uh, Satoshi Nakamoto's release of Bitcoin, this technology didn't exist. Mm -hmm. This is a completely new industry that has created at one point as much as $3 trillion worth of value. I'll have to check over at uh, the coingecko.com to see what the current one is. And think how new it is in terms of like every other industry. There are still some things, some some projects out there that are very, very exciting. So you look at what Bitcoin Cash has been doing. Technically, Bitcoin Cash is just basically a, a copy of, of Bitcoin from back in 2017. Now, they have added some features. They've added tokens uh, to Bitcoin Cash. They've, they've done some changes to it. It's no longer the original code. Uh, but they are they're still like Dash have been po- pushing forward the idea of using this as money, using this as currency, buying things at cash registers and physical real life locations. And there's some real shining examples of this. So despite the fact, as you pointed out, Bonnie, that our caller was calling from Los Angeles, where I guarantee you, you can barely spend crypto anywhere in these big cities. There's a lot of talk about Miami. It's a Bitcoin city. In no, Austin. it's not. In Austin. No, it's not. You cannot go to these places and actually sit down and buy a meal with cryptocurrency. Yeah, I asked my friend who lives in Austin recently uh, if there was anywhere he's seen any signs that say accepting cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or anything. And he said, nope, nope, not mm-hmm. that he's seen. Yeah, I can walk across town. We can pay for food, you know, dine out, dine out, and I can get a haircut, and I can do all yeah. kinds of things with crypto, right? You're in Keene. There's a, there's at least a handful of places right mm-hmm. in downtown Keene that you can do that, uh, and that's, you know, per capita, it's quite a bit when mm-hmm. you when you compare it up against other places where, you know, big cities like Boston or uh, Miami, these, these literally have near to zero, and so it's just completely inaccessible in those places. But there's, you know, as much as we love what's happened here in New Hampshire, and it's not, it's not nothing. What's happened here? We've done very, very well, all things considered. We're getting blown out of the water by St. Kitts, Nevis, and St. Martin in the Caribbean. Uh, there, they literally have over 100 businesses. That's great. In, in just St. Martin and over 100 businesses in just St. Kitts and, and Nevis that are accepting Bitcoin cash at the point of sale. We're talking about everything from cabbies to grocery stores to bars and restaurants. And alcohol. I still am super excited about the future of cryptocurrency. There's still some real bright shining lights out there. Another one's got to be ThorChain, uh, which is a decentralized exchange that allows people to exchange one cryptocurrency for another cryptocurrency, like, say, Bitcoin to Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin to Ethereum or one of the Ethereum tokens. Uh, You can do all of that without asking permission without having an account, without having to show identification, and that is unheard of in the world of cryptocurrency. So like that's and when the tornado cash crackdown happened uh, 2 weeks ago when the federal government in the United States announced that this code is now sanctioned, meaning that it's now a felony to use the tornado cash code, uh the Thorchain official Twitter channel basically said, yeah, we, we can't do anything about this, so we're not going to do anything about this, so have, have at it.
You know, good luck. Whereas other so-called decentralized finance sites were banning tor- uh, Tornado Cash addresses from their site, so anybody that used Tornado Cash would no longer be able to use Uniswap, Ave. There's so many of these major successful so supposedly decentralized fan- finance site that just totally jumped the shark and said, oh, yeah, federal government said to do something, so we're going to do it, even though we're quote-unquote decentralized. Shouldn't the point be there's no one for them to send mail to to right. audit us or whatever? And, that, and that, that's, that's what happens when you have people who are principled versus starting not. ideas. Versus yeah. you, you can tell who the bandwagon jumpers are, yep. the opportunists, versus the people who really truly believe in something. But it takes an event like that to really separate the wheat from yep, the chaff. Totally. Right? So that's what we're seeing happen. But right it will now. always happen. Yeah. You'll always be able to find out It'll who keep the happening, are. And we'll find out who the, you know, the strong people yep. are out there. So one we more can thing, support them. One more thing I'd like to say about Tony is what one thing that Matt actually always says is that the cat is out of the bag. You shouldn't yeah. lose heart. The government can't do anything to stop cryptocurrency. It is too late. There are still people Every out there. Every single thing the government is doing right now is desperate reactionism. Another big win was the fact that the attorney general is on the record saying that insurrection and rebellion has to involve violence. So they're not going to be able to trot that one out again. I mean, they could try, but we know what the AG's official position is. Now, look, I'm no fan of the attorney general's office. These are the same people that that uh, support prosecuting people for protesting out front of the, the governor's Yeah, house, they arrested right? a lady this week and made a big uh, statement about it because she didn't write political ad on an obvious political ad. Yep. Yeah, that was like a newspaper she was printing. Yeah, she runs right? her own uh, website news website and she didn't and she did a political ad that somebody running for office didn't yeah. write political ad they arrested her and she, they're charging her with six misdemeanors yeah they suck misdemeanors there's no time ta- i'm not trying to pump up the ag at all because if they could have gone after these state reps oh they'd love to they would but they had to admit nope got to use violence for it to be in uh insurrection or rebellion so that argument shot down and then finally the other big win here is that the media all of a sudden, took an interest. We couldn't do anything to get them to show up to the public hearing earlier this year. When we literally packed one of the larger hearing rooms in the State House Legislative Office building when they were having the public uh, comment hearing on the, the bill to ask people to put a constitutional amendment forward that would, again, have allowed people to vote on this question of peaceful independence, we packed the room. I put the word out to the media letting them know it was happening. Hey, the big secession bills happening why don't you send a reporter down not a single one not no, even that, a that room was packed too. Yeah, no newspaper like reporters 70 80 people at least it was, it was a good sized room and it was standing room only yeah. and there was people outside that couldn't come in yeah uh and so yeah no, not a single reporter anywhere for that they didn't come to that they didn't come to the uh state reps when they voted on the bill no not not at all but yesterday wmur was there new hampshire public radio was there NBC from Boston was there. Maybe they were expecting like a Karen Smackdown on and the I don't know what they were expecting, but they they, they they knew Karen brings the drama. And so Karen brought some drama to this uh to this movement and they showed up. And there was like in depth NH and another one I'd never heard of before. There were at least five different media organizations. They all filed reports yesterday. I've got a a piece up at NHExit.us that links to four of them. The fifth one, NBC Boston, Boston was there doing uh, filming for a series that they're going to be putting out. I think it was December or something. I don't know. They filmed year. at Porkfest and they've yes. been following around Carlo. So they're, they're doing a series about the Free State Project. So they weren't there to report on the news. They were there to just kind of cover this as part of whatever it is that they're putting together. Mm. So that'll be interesting. You've got an update for us, Matt. You been following closely uh, the situation with the Supreme Court rulings recently. Well, I've been trying. And the guns out there. You said you've been overwhelmed. Though. There, oh, it, it, there's a lot going on right now in the Second Amendment world with uh, it, it, the highest levels of legal land. Has All there, good or some bad? It's uh, It's been overwhelmingly good and yes. interesting, really. But, uh, I mean, good and Good and good. Okay, so last I heard was that there was the decision from the Supreme Court several weeks ago, a couple months or whatever it was now, that said that states like New York and others that had, Illinois, uh, states that had restrictions as far as uh, not shall issue states, right? They had uh, may may issue. May issue states. That's 
not legal? Correct. That was basically overturned. Yep. Now they have to be shall issue. But that doesn't matter because the states aren't following those rules anyway, which is why it's not so good. And I mean, or in a way it is good because that just shows us that no matter how much they tell us government works, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. But you mentioned to me off the air that there was something else about magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, was there a separate case or was that all the same No, there's case? a whole bunch of cases going on. It's okay. interesting. It looks like the Supreme Court intentionally lined up a, a bunch of 2A cases on hmm. purpose in a Second very Amendment. specific... Yeah, Second Amendment cases in a very specific order so that one would impact the next as hmm. they went down the line. And apparently Clarence Thomas is a huge gun nut. Never, huh. I never knew that. But he keeps writing opinions... Um, that are very glaringly clear. And one of the things that has come out is that the Supreme Court does not want um, that that these regulatory agencies are use what's called a, a tiered approach. So if this is a danger to society, then we can ban it here. So there's a case in Minnesota right now that the Supreme that's refusing to follow the Supreme Court's latest findings, and mm-hmm. they're saying, well. These people were carrying their guns at a state fair, and that's a sensitive place. So what the Supreme Court just got done saying is you can't just go calling everywhere a sensitive place. And here you are saying that a state Mm -hmm. fair is a sensitive place. It's not a federal building or a court or a, you know, whatever, a school or whatever other type of sensitive place that people might agree with, and even those are questionable, should those be non-gun-carrying places. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, this this court in Minnesota, federal court in Minnesota, just seemingly didn't care what the federal, the Supreme Court, their bosses just got done saying. Basically, a Supreme Court decision is nothing more than... An opinion. An, it's nothing more than an arrow in a legal quiver. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It just allows you to file one of these cases and shoot that arrow and say, well, in the case of blah, 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 ruled in the summer of 2022, the court said this. And then that judge gets to make an opinion about what the court said. And if you don't like the judge's opinion about what the court said, you got to go to the Court of Appeals. And then they get to have an opinion about what the court said. And then if you don't like that, you get to go back to the very same court if you've you know, not exhausted your, uh, your funds that you have available, because this is not a cheap thing to do. Or your time. Right. Or your time. Right now, it's 10 years later, or however long it takes to get through this system. Yeah. And in another case, uh, there's, you know, the 80% lower thing is also a huge hot button issue in the Supreme Court, or was just until recently. And um, it doesn't really matter because the ATF keeps on calling these 80% lowers firearms when machine they're specifically guns. not firearms they're not what did, what happened with the uh with the ma- magazine thing with the magazine sort of- thing the magazine thing that was in the pacific northwest where um so it's interesting this is very convoluted because there's a whole bunch of different legal cases coming together um just in kind of a perfect storm so uh mag- there's a magazine ban in california right and and, and total other- or well, is it well, over it's, a, it's over X amount of uh, okay. you know, and 10, they they eight. can't or they they can't be removed. It can't be possible to remove them with the push of a button or whatever. You know <laughs> what? What are you supposed to do? <clears throat> exactly. Well, they know that. Yeah, that's that. They they have to put in a three digit code to remove the damn well, thing. I think with a pistol, if you were to have to lock a magazine into a, into a pistol permanently, you'd have to take off the slide and then load the magazine from the top of the pistol and then put the gun back together. <laughs> What if you need to defend yourself and you ran Tough. out of? Don't live in California. Tough. Don't live in California. Yeah. Period. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, interestingly, in another case, the ATF was forced to admit that they have no, um, they have no uh, power to regulate parts. Hmm. hmm. Which is interesting because in another case, the ATF is pushing. Um, they are trying to ban eighty percent lowers, which are mm-hmm. just A piece of metal. Parts, yeah. if that. They're not yeah. even parts at this point. They're a hunk of metal or a hunk of plastic, and uh, they're, they're they're doing whatever they can. And and, and uh, but the, the the Supreme Court has stated very clearly that um, the two step approach is gone. They can't say, well, if this is a danger to society, then we can, you know, if this and that, then we can ban or regulate. The ATF's just changing definitions of nouns. Our New Mexico Supreme Court has decided to give the undocumented, uh, the illegal lawyers to perform equally the same as the regular lawyers with um, 
citizenship. Nice. Huh. That's great news. Well, um, I'm kind of completely baffled because I never knew that you could go to college. You, the, They actually have graduates from UNIM with um, law licenses, uh, um, and they're illegal. They they don't have any green card. They're staying here legal, and um, supposedly this is uh, our state. This is uh, what we're so proud about in New Mexico because uh, we, we allow this. And, I think that's uh, so great that people can come from another country, uh, put effort into going to law school, unlike like the majority of Americans don't put it, like a whole bunch of effort into their jobs. Like people who go to like law school, it takes a lot of work, and then start working without being inhibited in New Mexico. Now, is this people don't have to, if they're, are we talking about people who are illegal immigrants acting as lawyers in court in courtrooms? Well, that's what Sarah said. But according to the story here at MSN, uh, this is from the Las Cruces Sun News posted yesterday, beginning in October, after a ruling from New Mexico's Supreme Court, adults who are not U.S. citizens will be permitted to practice law in New Mexico under a rule change. So that's without a law license? They they couldn't get no, a lot. They, they have a, no. They do have. They have an actual. They, pe- they passed the bar exam. They have a law degree. Right. Oh, yeah. it's, okay. it's just people who aren't citizens. So I'm wondering if uh, if people who've passed the bar in foreign countries would also be able to. I think you have to pass the New Mexico bar. The New Mexico bar. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's this is only a baby step in the right direction. Yeah. The, the best thing to do, the true pro freedom step, would be to abolish any requirement that someone would have to be a member of the bar in order to quote-unquote practice law if i want to hire somebody who's a total amateur somebody who has no law license has never been to law school jay noon yeah that's what i thought example yeah um somebody that has done their own research and they've got a maybe they even have a track record right like they've represented other people in court i should be free to make that choice i want to tell everybody that it uh you guys are really all feds Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Found us. I, and I knew it. I knew it from the very beginning. I mean, Deep you know, cover. I, I just uh, I just knew the way you were, you know, talking about these things and kind of slipping in the word government once in a while that you really did. <laughs> <laughs> so well, Matt's a Mason. I'm a, that's right. I'm a, I'm a Freemason. Oh, yeah. And Howard wrote that on a little, um, I don't know if Ian told you, he wrote it on a little spreadsheet of reasons that uh, FTL is... Free Talk Live is, is compromised or uh, federal or whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm a reason. A that's awesome. I'm so happy that I'm... Well, as you know, relevant. as you know, I do not recognize this thing we call government, and you should not also. I don't agree with their dictates that they call law because true laws never change, but they're always changing their mind. Now... I do have a recognize the, this FBI, DHS, TSA, IRS, federal mafia gangs, you know, as mm-hmm. other humans who are violent and evil. Um, so what I'm suggesting is you have to practice these references without the word government, like, the, like I said, the IRS mafia. I mean, people will figure it out. Otherwise, what I'm telling you is, what comes out of your mouth from that point on cuts you off at the knees. I, I, I just want you to understand, if you truly want freedom, you need to apply this wisdom of sharing. It's, uh, it's so simple. It's the idea that, you know, the beginning of this country, for example, they, they knew this thing called king, but they just said, hey, we don't recognize kings anymore. We don't mm-hmm. recognize this stuff. Um, we are our own people. You're just another human your poop stinks and all that stuff so i'll give you the elevator speech real quick and that is people with titles are just other people just other humans who have no more right to do anything that you or i may not do ramen oh i totally agree magical powers um they pretend to be your servants yet you fear them they say that they do the will of the people well that's all bs they tell us they're are your democratically elected representatives of the people's voice. So here's what I want to know. I want someone to show me where the majority of people wish to be taxed in their wages, their homes, their purchases, and bow down to a stranger's command. I just want to see where the majority of people feel that way, because otherwise they don't represent anybody. How do you guys kind of feel about it, your vibe? 
with everything else going on in your life, the war, Russia and Ukraine, which well, Abiel wants to start. Go ahead, I don't Bonnie. think that it the uh, Ukrainian government is promoting democracy and needs to be defended from the Russians to protect democracy. I think the poor people of both sides, um, I feel bad for them. I don't think they should be fighting each other for their governments having some kind of issue. And I feel bad for the people in um, eastern Ukraine who want to secede but aren't being allowed to. Matt? I just repeat exactly what Bonnie said. I mean, I think that's the... the not not a word. I wouldn't change a single single thing that Bonnie just said. I will add to what Bonnie said about the whole democracy BS. You want to prove that they don't care about democracy? They banned the opposition party. Yeah, mm. they literally banned it, and now they're starting to ban the speaking of Russian. And that is exactly. not a freedom oriented place. They're not freedom fighters. No. I mean, that is aside from the whole Nazi yeah, thing, which is that. also a legitimate exactly. concern that there are Nazis running the government there. I mean, government's bad as True. is. It's a bunch of thugs, but now you got a Nazi I uh, saw, government. Um, on Zelensky's official Instagram page, there's a picture of this guy. It wasn't Zelensky, mm-hmm. and he was wearing some kind of militaristic shirt, and he had a symbol for a specific division of the SS, not from Nazi <laughs> Germany, on his shirt. It was. Zelensky's official Instagram page. And did page. you actually go to the his official page to verify that that was true? I just saw somebody else post it, to be yeah, honest. Okay, you gotta, you gotta check those, because it could be I have Instagram off my phone, because I don't like wasting my like, time Like, it's believable it. that that could be true, but yeah, it's always good to, ch- to check those things. But that said, there have been plenty of uh, you know, Nazi. verified it's Nazis new, there. It's like a new world order thing going on, and they're yeah. the mafia, and Ukraine was a bookie. And now it's all coming home to roost. Well, I think it's also worth pointing out Vladimir Putin is also a bad guy. The Russian government are also bad guys. These are a bunch of, as is typical with war, you're dealing usually with a bunch of bad guys having themselves a spat over some sort of petty thing like territory or whatever. They're just mafias. If it's true what uh, Putin says, and it may not be because he's a politician, but if it's true their, their position is that the Donbass region declared independence in 2014 and it was not recognized by the Ukrainian government. And it should have and it should have been allowed to happen. If this is truly all over a failed secession attempt or an unrecognized secession attempt, then maybe this could have been prevented by the Ukrainian government simply allowing those people to go their own separate way. Yep. So, and then my, my main point I want to make is, and I dare any one of you to do some hard research, to find some actual of these war crimes that do not look staged. Um, oh, yeah. There's a train. I follow all of them, all the mafia uh, newscasters from Ukraine, so I can look at it. And there's a train that said it got bombed yesterday. You can find it on Twitter. The grass underneath the train is green. Hmm. Everything's rusty. I mean, it's so ridiculously obvious. Wait, wait, wait. So what, what's going on? It looks staged. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.